You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you've tuned in to the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you tuning in. This month, we've been talking about getting your e-commerce marketing foundations right. We've covered your tech stack, your analytics, your team. Now, one of the many trends that kind of poked its head up last year because the pandemic accelerated it is the need for us to put more emotion to reveal more of ourselves in our marketing. We have to build a stronger connection with our customers, basically. So today we're getting into your marketing messages, what you say to your customers and basically focusing that in on storytelling. Now, I did have a guest lined up for this episode, but diaries and time zones in January got the better of us, which means the only way to get this to you on time was for me to do the show myself, which I guess in the spirit of putting yourself out there to connect with your customers kind of makes a lot of sense. It kind of kind of fits together quite well here. Now, the good news on that is I have not been scrabbling around trying to work out what on earth I'm going to say. This is a topic I love that I often include in my presentations when I'm speaking at events, real world and virtual, and that I talk about on other people's podcasts and I occasionally help retailers with too. So I'm very pleased to be doing my first Keep Optimising solo episode on the topic of storytelling. In this episode, I'm going to be letting you know why it's important. I'm going to take you through what I mean by storytelling. And most importantly, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty on how to go about using it in your various marketing channels. Yes, there will be lots of retailer examples for you to go and have a look at later. Yes, I will be asking myself the insider tips at the end. Um, So there's going to be lots of good content in here to really help you master storytelling and getting that story out there in 2021 and beyond. Okay, before we get into all that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. So why should you care about storytelling? Well, I think it's, it's been over three years now that the industry has been talking about the importance of emotional e-commerce and emotional marketing. Um, I looked it up and it was back in early 2019. I actually wrote a white paper on this for a Magento agency in the UK to help them in their sales process, which was all about bringing emotion into e-commerce. So that was early 2019. We're two years on from that now and we were talking talking about it for quite a bit before that. So this isn't new, but it's something which is becoming mainstream. It's becoming something which more and more businesses are doing. And why are they doing that? Because it's so powerful. Now, storytelling and emotional commerce is based on hardwired human behaviours identified by neuroscientists. So this ain't a fluffy thing. This is solid, researched, scientific analysis that's gone on, you know, people sitting in chairs with electrodes wired up to their heads type stuff. Now, 
in a practical sense, this world of, of emotional commerce and emotional marketing drills down into, I think, two key types of activity. One is the tactical stuff. The stuff that many of us know that you probably all have heard of before. So this is social proof, user-generated content, urgency, scarcity. So we're talking must end soon, only five left. Those sorts of things are very tactical. You use them here, you use them now, um, you use them in one promotion. They um, burn very brightly, but they, they often don't last all that long. So that's the tactical things. Then you've got the second type, which is building an emotional connection with your customer. So your customer wants to buy from you. They love your business. They are real advocates. They tell people about it. They tell people about the products. And that is much, much harder to do, but also much, much more powerful. Storytelling falls into this latter part, this connection side of things rather than the tactical. And both of them, the tactical, the easy to do stuff, the connection, the harder to do stuff, speed up someone's path to purchase. They increase the likelihood of purchase and they increase the likelihood of recommendations and someone buying from you for a second time. So they kind of elevate trust. And then with those tactical ones, they actually, especially when you're using urgency and scarcity, they force someone to buy much faster. So there's a lot here which is going to help increase your sales in often incredibly hard to track ways, but in very, very powerful ways. So talking, let's focus now on storytelling. What types of storytelling are there that work in e-commerce? Well, I guess the first thing to understand is that whatever type of story we're talking about, it's got to be more about the customer and the value they receive from connecting with you and your product, not exactly about you, but that it starts by talking about you and your product, which, which is awfully confusing. Um, but let me, I'm going to explain it in a quote. And then as we go through and I give you more and more examples, I think you'll start to see what I mean. So there's here in the UK, we have a lady called Mary Portis, who's known as the queen of shops, who is a ridiculously clever lady in the world of understanding what's going on with consumer behavior and what's going on with the high street. She's worked for some amazing businesses. She now owns a consultancy and she's, she runs, she has TV shows and various things. She's, she's absolutely brilliant. And I saw her speak at an event a couple of years ago when she said this line, which has stuck with me, which is that consumers are no longer interested in status symbols. They are interested in status stories. Okay, so consumers are no longer interested in status symbols, they're interested in status stories. So what that means is is people are getting less of a sense of worth, self-worth from having a Porsche or a Porsche, if you prefer to pronounce it that way, uh, and more from having a story about the product that they can tell their their, their friends. So if you've ever had that friend who's gone to the local farmer's market and bought some sausages and oh my God, I, I, Ben, the man who makes the sausages, he is just amazing. Um, he has, he, how he looks after his pigs is he feeds them this and he does this. And then the bread, the bread that goes into sausages, because you've got to have bread in sausages because there's not, there's not breadcrumbs in sausages. It just doesn't work. And the bread he puts in, well, he gets it from this most amazing, amazing, um, artisan bakery who've been growing their sourdough since before Christ. I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, we ate them all this morning, so you can't eat one, but I'll get you one next time if you like. It's 50 pounds. Uh, for for six sausages, and it's those kind of things. I got very posh there. Apologies, everybody. 
Um, but it's those kind of stories that our customers want. So we have to tell them about us and our product. But what we've got to remember as we're building our stories, that it's, it's about helping the customer connect with us, helping the customer connect with the product and to get value from that interaction. Um, oh, I've been quite exhausted from pretending to be that posh lady for a while who's obsessed by sausages. Okay, so I said I was going to tell you what types of story t- storytelling there are. There are, for me, two broad types of stories that we use in e-commerce and retail. We've got the founder story, which is about you as the founder, how you came up with the idea for the product, what the pain point was that brought the product to existence and how you've gone about growing that business. So there's the founder story. Then there's the mission or the product story, which sometimes the founder sneaks into this as well. And sometimes the product sneaks into the founder story. But it's kind of, I guess the key thing is, do do you show the face of the founder? Do you mention the founder or do you just talk about about the business without mentioning them? So here's a couple of examples. In the case of the founder story, um, one example would be Steve Sashin, who runs a business called Zero Shoes, but with an X based in the US, selling worldwide. They do these, um, you know, no shoes, running shoes, if that makes sense. And they are big on sharing their founder story, why they built the business, what the problems were they were trying to solve. They put, you know, on their homepage, you've got videos of Steve talking about the product. uh, And right next to that, a a link to another video of him talking about why they started the business and why they're doing all of this. And it's, you know, they've got whole pages about their team. It's very much about sharing why we did this, why they did this. He's been on the podcast. You can find him in episode 188 over on e-commerce master plan. And we'll put a link to there about us and everything and those episodes in the show notes for you. Um, another one is Road ID by a guy called Edward Wimmer um, on e-commerce master plan episode 190. So I warn you, there's going to be a lot of um, podcasts that you can go and follow up and find out more about these people. And if you want to, as we go through, but I will put links to all of it in the show notes, I promise. So he founded a business called Road ID because he was doing a lot of running on country roads. His dad was worried that if anything happened to him when he was out on these long runs, no one would know um, because the guy was living on his own um, at uni, I think, or something. Uh, and therefore, they created this bracelet idea, which provides a key um, contact details for if anything happens to you whilst you're out on a solo expedition of some kind. And that's what led them to to found the business and to build the business. And of course, that completely resonates with people, you know, who are their target market. Like, oh God, yeah. If anything happened with to me when I was out on my five k run, would anyone know how to? They could take me to hospital. Yeah, but how would they let my friends and family know? So you can see how how stories become quite powerful. Obviously, not everyone has a story quite that powerful. So, therefore, we also have kind of the mission and the product story. So mission and product stories are more about how awesome the product is. Often they are changing the dynamic of how people buy things. So two examples for you here. One is flare audio. Flare as in um, you let off a flare or, you know, 1970s trousers or pants if you're listening from America. Um, And Flair Audio is a business that a guy called Davies Roberts set up to change the way people listen to music by getting them to better protect their ears. And so he actually sells earplugs, uh, which you wouldn't have thought uh, for someone who was into helping people listen to music. But there's this whole story around the product and the quality of the product. Um, 
And we've done two episodes with him, 164 and 250. That's 164 and 250. And then the other one, which I haven't had these guys on the podcast, but if you happen to be listening or anyone knows them, I would love to have this company on the um, on the podcast because currently I'm a little bit obsessed as I'm trying out their products myself. I'm two washes in um, and so far loving it, I think, but I haven't quite yet nailed the knack because it's all a bit different from normal shampoo. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Hair Story, who are on a mission to get us all to stop using shampoo and start using products which is better for our hair. And their homepage is all about the product story. Um, And they have amazing videos they have running on Facebook and other platforms that tell this story and that hook you in based on the mission that they're going on. So there's kind of four examples for you. So we've got the founder story, we've got the mission and the product story. I'm going to bring you a couple of more examples as we go through, but those are those are the two the two ways I find thinking about it works for me. So how do you work out what your story is? How do you write it? How do you pull it together? How do you create a story that's actually going to work? I'm not going to get deep into this in this episode because this episode is more about helping you get your story out there. But what I am going to do is give you a couple of tips from an from another episode I recorded with a guy who has made made you know spent the last ten years doing amazing things by using story to build multiple million dollar plus e commerce businesses. The guy's name's JJ Resnick. Um, he I did recorded an episode with him over on e-commerce master plan number two hundred and fifty-eight, where he gets into how he um, created those stories. He now helps other businesses work out what their story is, and he took us through the process he goes through. So rather than repeat all that here, I'm going to give you a couple of key tips that will help you understand what we're going to do as we go through the rest of the episode. But go and have a listen to to my episode with JJ again links in the uh, the show notes. You can get all of those via keepoptimizing.com. Okay, so the two tips I want to give you. The first is it always starts with why. Why does our business exist? How do we contribute to the world? What is our mission? What motivated me to start my business? So it's going to start with some element of why. What's the point of all this? Um, then tip two is that there are three parts to every story. And this is crucial for what I'm going to be taking you through shortly. So every story, if you want to tell it well, needs to drill down into these three parts in this order. So first off, you take people through what the problem is. Secondly, you take them through what the solution to the problem is, and then you prove to them it's a successful solution. So we talked about Road ID earlier. Um, Edwards company. And the problem there was people out on alone on a kayak or a run or a bike ride and something happens to them. Obviously, you're not wearing a lot. You're not carrying a lot with you when you're out doing that. How do your friends and family get told that you're the person who's been taken to the hospital? So you tell the problem. Solution to the problem is then... Um, we've created this bracelet, which includes this information. You can have it custom made, delivered to you. It's light, it's easy, X, Y, Z. And then the success is, in that case, you're probably going to add how it helps with uh, customers who've had great successes or successes is probably the wrong word in that particular instance, but customers who have found this incredibly useful. So you put testimonials, et cetera, in there. So that's the three parts of every story. Um, So I'm going to go through a couple more examples of that in a moment, taking it from very different angles. So bear bear with me on that one. 
Because what I really want to get into now is how you use your story. That's the key thing I want to talk to you about today, because it's one thing to kind of work out the story, which is often a barrier which people don't quite get through. And I've got, um, obviously, you've got the JJ episode, but I've got some tips on that coming up when I get to the insider tips as well. But a story is pointless if you purely just put it on your About Us page and never include it in your marketing. So what I want to take you through is when you've got that story, how you use it to increase your sales as proactively and as widespread as possible. I'm going to break this down um, by marketing channel because obviously it should be everywhere. So let's go through the core e-commerce marketing channels and how you can use story in each case. So we can actually start with the About Us page. I know I said, you know, you put it up there and if you don't tell anyone, it's kind of pointless. Well, um, many of you will have heard me say, on podcasts and various other things that, that a little bit of me dies every time I come across an e-commerce business whose About Us page simply has their postal address. It is, it's such a missed opportunity and I hate missed opportunities. The About Us page for me should be better than just your address for starters. Secondly, it's a great place to kind of anchor your work on getting your story out there. Um, it's going to be something which your site visitors will look at. Some of them, quite a lot of them look at it, I promise you. So they're going to get the impact of knowing your story. And it's a great place to kind of work it out and, and slowly improve it in order to then kind of spin it out to other places. So you might not ever link to it from any of your marketing, but it's going to be kind of a, a repository, a central point where that story gets captured so you can refer back to it and use it in other places. Two great examples for you on this one. If you see me speak about story anywhere, you will you will know these because I use these two a lot. Um, the first one is Farm Toys Online, which actually both of these are businesses here in the UK. So they are they have the award and have done for about three or four years now of my favourite About Us page. If you think you've got a better one, let me know about it. I love a good About Us page. Nothing that I've found yet comes close to this one. So I'm going to read it out to you. Yep, I'm actually going to read it out to you because it's that important you hear it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. Um, so remember, we had JJ structure, JJ Resnick structure, which is problem, solution to the problem and success. So it starts with the problem. Once upon a time, there were three children called Emily, Oliver and Harry. They were all different and each liked things their own way, especially when it came to dinner time. But they all had one thing in common. They all loved farm toys. Emily was horsey mad. Oliver loved playing a farmer with his cows and sheep. And Harry was crazy about tractors. Their poor mum, Julia, were getting a bit of a tangle going from shop to shop and site to site, trying to hunt down their favourite farm toys. So there's the problem. The problem is, and any parent who has kids who love farm toys will know this, because you've got to get the, the farm things which fit, same brand, same size, same scale as what they've already got. And it's quite niche or niche. Um, so it's quite hard to find them. So the owner, the founder, Julia, has exactly the same problem as her, as her audience. So this is going to really resonate with them in terms of the problem. Then we come on to the solution to the problem. But rather than getting cross that the perfect farm toy shop didn't exist, she had a bright idea. I'll do it myself. And so in 20, 2008 even, Farm Toys Online was founded. There's the solution. I have your problem. 
the solution was I was going to create the store so you don't have to create the store and so you your problem can be solved too. Then it goes into the success element. So we've got um, today we're bigger and better than ever, but we still do what we do for the same great reasons. To make it easy to find fantastically fun, top quality farm toys all under one roof and because we love it. After all, if it wasn't good enough for Emily, Oliver and Harry, then it's not good enough for yours either. So they have kind of the success bit is, is we've created a successful business. So clearly this is working and we're still helping people. So there's one. And that would be um, a founder story. The next one I want to read you is from a company called Jersey Beauty Company. And this is a mission or product based one. And this is actually the company of Matt Edmondson, who was recently on the podcast talking about social media with me. So let's start off with the problem again. Welcome, happy, remarkable you. Hey, welcome to the Jersey Beauty Company. Like you, we love skincare. In fact, we're full of passion for all things health and beauty. You'll find some of the greatest skin education and beauty products when you browse our blog and website. But first, there's a few beauty industry habits that you won't find at Jersey Co. Grumpy and grisly customer service staff. Heavily edited or photoshopped people, shapes and complexions. Lies and myths about your skin and beauty. So there's your problem. The problem is the industry of beauty and how they're looking to, to change that. Solution to the problem. Instead, our mission is to show you what it feels like to be celebrated. It's a happiness thing. True happiness comes from recognising existing beauty, not achieving flawless Photoshop perfection. That's why we won't exclude you on account of your age, skin type or shape. We are devoted advocates of happy, remarkable you. If you want to discover which beauty products are right for you and enjoy shame-free skincare, you've found the right place. Join our Jersey family and begin to embrace your unique beauty at every stage of life. So that's the solution element. Success-wise, they've done it super simply on their About Us page. They just have a carousel of customer testimonials. Simple as that. So the success is we've got happy customers. Here they are telling us they're happy. Um, super simple, not many words going on there, but it does the job. It tells that story. So there you go, a couple of examples, which hopefully have helped you understand that those three parts of JJ's process for, for writing your story, the problem, the solution to the problem and the success, but also giving you a couple of examples for how to create a great about us page. And then if you want to take it to another level, potentially a second page with members of your team and information about those. Okay. So about us page sitting on the website. Then let's talk email marketing, because I think this is the most obvious next place to add your story is in your welcome campaign. That's the post email sign up campaign that you put out there. That's where you want to get this story out to people, because when people come to your website and they sign up to your emails, but they don't yet buy, it's because they want to get to know you better. So why aren't you telling them your story at that point? So that's the point at which you want to be bringing this story into the process. So welcome campaign, really obvious place to put your story. Post-purchase campaigns can then be a great place to put it as well, because a lot of customers, come when they come to your website, they don't sign up for your email straight away. They just buy. They like the product and they buy it. And as I said earlier, storytelling, storytelling even has a role to play in getting the second purchase from someone or getting someone to recommend someone. Um, to come and buy from you as well. So it's important that in case someone missed your story because they came straight in and bought, hallelujah, we love them for it, but 
We want to give them that great content that's going to turn them into a longer term, more loyal customer in the future. So what we want to do is we want to include the story in our post-purchase campaign as well. And then in our email broadcast, occasionally we're going to say bits of our story, bits of our product story as it fits with the other things we're telling people. Um, a couple of examples for you on this. Snake Hive are one of my favourite welcome campaigns as our project repat. Both put story in there in different ways. And then for a great post-purchase campaign, there's a business called Paper Republic who do um, journals and stationery. And they just have a brilliant way of bringing in members of the team, telling you more about the product, telling you more about how it's all created. Really genius post-purchase campaign. Okay, Facebook ads, probably the next most obvious place for you to be using your story. And now we're starting to really use it to recruit people, recruit new customers to our business. Either do it as a short video or as image with text. Either of those formats should work for you, but test, test, test. Of course, it's Facebook ads we've got to test. Now, where do you put it in terms of the customer journey? Do you put it top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel? Well, a preview now from an episode that's coming up next month when we get into Facebook ads. Uh, A couple of days ago, I recorded an interview for that with Lauren Schwartz from The Loft 325. And we're having a whole whole episode about video ads coming up um, in February. But I was chatting to her about where we put this and it's in, it's in the episode. And my guess would have been go top of funnel, get them interested in your story, then tell them about your product and so forth. But no, she said, put it middle of funnel. Top of funnel, get them interested in the product. Middle of funnel, convince them it's you they want to buy from by giving them that story video. Of course, test it. It's going to be slightly different for all businesses, for all products, for customer bases, etc. But middle of funnel was Lauren's recommendation and she runs a lot um, of Facebook ad campaigns for retailers. So I would say that was a good, good starting point for your test of your story in your Facebook ads. Okay, um, Google Ads, another big e-commerce channel. Well, Google Ads aren't the most obvious place to use your story. Um, hence, one of the reasons why you should be including it, including it in the post-purchase sequences in your email marketing. So, as someone who comes in from a Google Ad just wants that product, buys that product, then finds out more about you afterwards. But also, um, you may want to test it if you're running remarketing ads across websites rather than the, the Google platform itself. You may find it works for you there. SEO. SEO may at first first sight you might be going, how on earth does it work with SEO? Well, my friend. Um, it's great for getting links to your website. So it's a your story is a great thing to use when you're guest posting on other sites. So if you're applying to, if you're contacting other people, say, would you guest post? Uh, can we write a guest post for your blog? Then you've now got a story to put in that that guest post. You're not just saying, can I talk about my product on your website? You're saying. Can I tell? Can I write a blog post about the why's and the wherefore and the story of how we gener- how we created this product and why we're putting it out there and why we think it's great for people? Far more likely to get a yes from a, that sort of guest post request. Get your PR agency working on it. Contacting you know whether that's PR out to influencers, to bloggers, to the press, whoever you want to talk about you. Tell them about your story. It gain far more interesting than just here's a new product. Podcast guesting. Um, if you listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast, you will know that the majority of my guests, we always start off by how did you get into e-commerce? What is your story? Why do we do that? A, because it's interesting. B, because it gives you, the listener, a chance to emotionally connect with the guest to find out a bit more about them before we get into the slightly drier, 
but seriously interesting, uh, talk about how they grow their business. It's a great thing to talk about on when you're being a guest on a podcast because people love to hear those origin stories. So they're more likely to listen to you and they're more likely to take action on what you say later. And of course, being on a podcast means you get links coming back to your website as well. And then social media. We'll round off with social media. Social media, you should be talking about your story regular and off, regularly and oftenly. Frequently. Frequently is the word there. Um, so social media, really good place to be putting it out. Um, uh, ads, it could be, sorry, not ads, uh, video, imagery, text, whatever you need to do to get that story out there. And uh, when you've got a particularly good post um, that you like that explains your story, pin it to your Twitter profile, um, add it to your profile page on Instagram, whatever you can do to make sure that someone who's exploring you for the first time gets that great messaging about you. Okay, that is my guide to story, uh, storytelling and uh, where to use it in your marketing. So I hope that's helped a lot of you. We're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors. Then we're going to go into the insider tips questions where I'm going to carry on telling you stuff about storytelling. Um, So stay tuned for the insider tips, not least because you're going to get the fun of me asking myself questions. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, let's jump straight into the insider tips then. We're going to start with storytelling newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with storytelling, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Okay. Um, As I kind of mentioned earlier, it's really hard to work out your own story and perfect it. It's an awful lot easier to do it for someone else. Um, I know that here at e-commerce masterplan, we are not doing as good a job as we should be of getting our story out there. Um, Just uh, now, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that embarrassing story in, in one of the next tips coming out. So hold on for that one. So yeah, we don't do as good a job as we should. Our welcome campaigns are not what they should be, and so forth and so forth. But I've helped a lot of retailers work out how to how to get their story and use it to their advantage, both with speech talks I've done with some of the podcasts we put out there, and also one on one with a handful of them too. So I know I can do it. I'm just terrible at doing it for myself. So my advice for anyone who's tech coming out this new, if you look at that about us page and you're like, oh my God, I don't, I don't even know if it's a founder story or a product story. I, I, oh Lordy, I've no idea where to go. Then reach out to people who know your business, get them to help you work out the story. Um, often if you've been, been the founder at the center of it and you know, and you, you've been talking about to friends as you've been going along with it and you turn to them and go, I'm trying to write down what the story of the business is. What what do you think? And they'll just tell you. And you'll be like, oh my God, that's so true. I I buy. So 
reach out to people who know your business and get them to help you work out the story. It's a great way of getting through that blocker of, oh my God, what is our story? And some of you are going, I know exactly what my story is. This is obvious. For, for a lot of us, it's really, really hard. So feel free to feel smug if you're really clear on it. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve storytelling performance? Well, it's that your story is never finished. Embarrassing story coming up very shortly. Um, So first off, get something live. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Get it on that About Us page. Start using it in your marketing. Then you're going to get some impact on how it's working, what what are people learn, what are people responding to from your ads, etc. And you can then apply that to other channels. Because the story also kind of lives and breathes. So once you've got it live, you then need to revisit it every three to six months and put that date in the diary because it's very easy to forget about. So my my tip for keeping optimizing your storytelling performance is to revisit it every three to six months and check how well your story is doing. Have you told it as well as you could? Do you want to improve it? Is there more information you can now add in? I'm saying put this in your diary because um, I recently, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, looked at our About Us page, which I realised was about two years out of date. My latest book wasn't on it, which published in November 2019, and the Keep Optimising podcast wasn't on it. It was like, oh my God, how bad is that? So we've just updated ours and it's now in the diary to check on a far more regular basis. These things are easy to forget about. So go and check it and do the same with that marketing. You know, welcome campaigns are also very easy to forget about. So again, a date in the diary. Maybe it's once every three months you have a day where you just go and look at these easily forgotten pieces of content. So that's my tip for keep optimising your storytelling. If someone wants to learn more about storytelling, is there one cheap slash free resource you'd recommend? Okay, I'm going to give you more than one here. And we're going to have links to all this in the show notes. So if... What we've been, what I've been saying today about emotional e-commerce has got you going. Ooh, I love that sound of that neuromarketing stuff. I've got two book recommendations on that for you. The first is the the classic Cialdini's Influence, which is C I A L D I N I. Cialdini's Influence, a, a genius book. Um, well, every marketer should read this. It's very, very good. He is a, a neuroscientist, and he is you know giving you the. It's very, very readable, but it's really, really clever too. And then the second one, which is purely about how you can use all these things in e-commerce, is Clickology by a guy called Graham Jones. Really good book, not often referenced by people, but one of the be- I've read, I think I've got four different books on this kind of, um, the practical side of it on my bookcase. And this is the one I always go back to because it's by far and away the best. Um, okay, cheap free resources for working out your story. Listen to my interview with JJ Resnick on e-commerce masterplan. It's episode 258. He is a proven genius at working out the right story to grow a business. So just listen to that one. Simple as that. Um, And then story and how to market your story. I would also look to other retailers, look to the examples I've given you today to see how they're doing it, because there's no one perfect template for everyone. So go and see what resonates with you. Look at your competitors um, and, you know, have a look at how they're using it and um, how they're telling it. And I think that will, will really, really help you. It's definitely one of those areas it's worth seeing how someone else is doing it to give you that head start to get you to actually put something down on that page. 
Finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in storytelling? Basically, the big change that's coming in the next six to 12 months is that more and more businesses are now doing this. It's with the impact of the pandemic, we have seen a lot more businesses doing this, partly because a lot of uh, retailers were in a scenario where um, they couldn't do their normal marketing last year because they the consumer demand grew so much they could barely fulfil it. Therefore, they had to put a lot of their ads on hold and instead that gave them time to spend on softer marketing like storytelling and, and that more emotional connection with people. And they've seen that it worked. So one, they started doing it and two, they're now going, oh, we need to do a lot more of this. And then there's a lot of businesses um, who are now seeing that this is working for other people and going, wow, we need to start doing this. Plus, you know, we've got consumers. I think all of us just want to feel a bit of emotional connection to something um, at the moment. So it's it's a it's time to start doing this. If you've been procrastinating about it, not doing it, just talking about the features of your product all the time, it's time to go deeper. So crystal ball time, get on with it tell your story, add it into your marketing. That's why we've included this in our e-commerce marketing foundations month. Right then, you can get links to all those many, many things I mentioned, uh, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Um, we have sent a lot of ideas your way this month. Um, here on Keep Optimizing, we're covering four foundational areas you need to get right. Over on e-commerce master plan, we've put live eight episodes in our e-commerce growth series sponsored by Clavio. So in the first week of Feb, that's next week, I'm going to be hosting a very special 2021 planning webinar where I'm going to help you work out the plan that's going to enable you to hit your goals in 2021. If you're sat there right now going, I need to improve my tech stack. I need to improve my analytics. I need to improve my team. I need to improve my story. I have no idea what to do first because honestly, you can't change all four of those things at once. It's not going to work for you. So I'm going to take you through some ways of working out what you should focus on because success in e-commerce, it doesn't come from... um, doing something, it comes from doing the right thing. There's an infinite number of things any of us could be doing right now to improve our business. Those who see success are those who work out what they should be doing. So I'm going to be covering setting your goals for the year, a couple of systems you can follow to help you work out what you should do to hit those goals and a few tips around getting organised so it all happens too. Right now, you need to go and save your space for that webinar at keepoptimising.com forward slash webinar. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Um, Our whole set of episodes about e-commerce marketing foundations is now live. So please do have a listen to them all. Make sure you tune in next Wednesday when we'll be starting our series of four shows about Facebook ads, which of course does include Instagram ads. I've got guests coming on to talk about the best images to use, the best video ad strategies and much more. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in Facebook ads at the moment, please do let them know that we're covering it because I've recorded three out of the four episodes right now. And oh my gosh, there's some good, good tips and tactics in that's really going to help you up that Facebook performance. And, you know, this show exists to help you and them improve their marketing. So the more people we can get here listening, you know, the more point there is to all of it, quite frankly. Have a great week. Uh, Make sure you listen to our next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. 
Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.